UCM The Beat, the one and only radio station of the University of Central Missouri. Yo, 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 what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to, yet again, another episode of Just Talking Sports, where I'm your host, JT Noah. And boy, oh boy, do we have a good one for you today, boys and girls. Listen, we're talking MLB, all right? The MLB opening day is just two days away. It's two days away on Thursday. And what better way to get it ready than to start with my predictions for every conference, excuse me, conference, every division, and then also some Awards like AL MVP, NL MVP, Cy Young, Manager of the Year, and then obviously who's going to win the World Series and who are they going to face. I have all that for you. And then at the very end of this episode, we will get right into the Final Four because the Final Four is also this weekend and a national champion will be crowned before I have another episode. So we have a big episode for you guys today and let's get right into it with the baseball. Yes, the MLB is right around the corner. Like I said, two days away. Who is pumped? Let me know. Who is really pumped for the MLB season to start? I know some Royals fans are out there listening and Cardinals fans. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very interesting season. It'll be, I think, hard for some Royals fans. But I think the Royals are going to do better than some people expect. But we'll see. All right. But let's start off with the AL. And what what other way to start it than the AL Central, of course, with the Kansas City Royals in it. But it's also the weakest the weakest division in all of baseball. Let's start with the first, I think, who's going to win the AL Central. I think it's going to be the Minnesota Twins. I think Minnesota Twins are going to win it. They re-signed Carlos Correa. They have made some moves. And they honestly really underperformed last season. They finished third last season. I think they're going to do way better than they did. I think they're going to get over the hump. And I think, not only that, I think they're just... Uh, a little better than the Cleveland Guardians, and they just did not put it together last season, and this season they will. Now, following them in second will be the Cleveland Guardians as a wild card spot, and I think I think this is a perfect spot for them because I don't think you're going to expect them to keep winning the division. No one even saw them winning the division last season, but guess what? They did, and so this season, I think they're not really going to take it back a notch. It's just I think the Minnesota Twins are going to perform better and do what they should have done last season instead of what they did last season. Then following them, I think the Chicago White Sox take a step back a little bit and fall more down the line. They're going to be more they're going to be third in the division, but they're going to be falling really fast. I can, I don't see this team keep at the pace that they were. Think about it. They lose Jose Abreu. Now what are you going to do? That was your MVP caliber player, the star player. I don't think they have that anymore in Chicago. And so now you're going to see them take a step back. In fourth, the Kansas City Royals. Kansas City Royals, I do believe, are better than the Detroit Tigers. I think they have made some moves that show that. Zach Greinke obviously is not an ace, nor is uh, obviously any of those pitchers out there for the Royals because they're just not good. You have Singler, and so that's where you kind of see where they could fall down. But, I mean, you think about it, this this offense can do something with the bat. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr., MJ Melendez, Salvador Perez... Can Dozier get going? You also have Fanmail Famil uh, Reyes as well. They signed, so I think this is going to be a team that's young, but I think they can also perform at a very high rate, and I think they're going to do very well, and they won't finish last. And then there's the Detroit Tigers, which the only thing they really have going for them is it's uh, Miguel Cabrera's last season, and so it'll be interesting to see how he does on his retirement tour, right? All right, moving on to the AL East. Let's get there, guys. The AL East, the New York Yankees, okay? The New York Yankees, they win the division. Listen, when you have the high-powered, as they do with Aaron Judge, Joe Carlos Stan, you have those boys, and you're still bringing back some players, I think you should be favored to win the AL East. And some might say they should be favored to win the AL in general. I do not see it. I still think that goes to the Houston Astros. But some people do believe the Yankees can do better than what some have seen in the past. I I don't see it. I think Houston is still above them when it comes to all of the AO, but don't get me wrong. They're going to perform high. They should be 
right where they need to be. And that's why you see the Yankees where they are. And that's number one in the AL East. Now moving on to number two, which is going to be the Toronto Blue Jays for me. I think Toronto is prized to have a great season this season. I think they're going to do well. I mean, right now they have an 80% uh a chance to make the playoffs, 8.5 to win the World Series. I like that a lot. And the other thing is, is I think it's just like this. If you're successful, you make it to the ALCS. You make it to the ALCS if you're Toronto. That's great. But I think they're going to make it farther, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But remember, they they added Kevin Kiermaier. Uh, they've also got Dalton Warsho, but you also lose to Oscar Hernandez, who left Toronto. So... He was a very good defensive player, which was nice to have. But he does depart, and that's where it could hurt you. Now, moving on to the three spot, which could surprise some people here. Some people might be surprised by what I'm going to say here. I have the Baltimore Orioles at the three spot in the AL East. I think Baltimore really showed a lot in the second half of the last season, and they played very well. And I think I think it would be great. And here's the thing. I think everything is awesome, but I think... If they get into the playoffs, which I, I, it's going to be hard. I think that is a dub in their season. But if I mean, even finishing third is great. But if they get into the playoffs, that that's a huge milestone for this team. But I mean, you think about the rookies they have: Gunnar uh, Henderson, Grayson Rodriguez, and also you have Adley Rutschman, who was the 2022 uh, star rookie. They all come in into play. I think I think they have a really really good chance. They have a young team just like the Royals, but their team is peaking way higher than the Royals have been. Now in the four spot, you have the, Tor- not the Toronto, you have the Tampa Bay Rays. And the reason I have Tampa Bay at four is just because I think it's it's time for them to start seeing a decline. I just, it's it's some stuff you're seeing. Like you losing uh, players like uh, Brandon Lau, Pete uh, Fairbanks, uh, Tyler Glass now. It's just like it's that is um, those players right there are the ones that you have to have better health from. Those are the ones that you need to see health from because that's what happened last season is they didn't have health. Now, obviously, Kiermaier, he's gone, but it's just like like you have to have better health. That's what happened last year with them is they didn't have really good health and they were injury, and that's why it didn't show as well as it could have for them. They also lose uh, G-Man Choi. He was traded to the Pirates, so they let him go. Now, here's the thing. What, what if any of you are uh, Tampa Bay Rays fans, what is successful for you? What is a successful season for you in this? And here's here's the thing. I think the successful season actually for you guys is if you make the playoffs. If you get to the playoffs, that is successful because that would mean you've returned to the postseason for the fifth consecutive season. That is huge. And it's in the AL East. Think about that. The East is loaded with the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees. Now you have the Toronto Blue Jays on the upcoming. So this this division is getting harder. To make it back for the fifth straight time, that would be crazy. Another thing is don't sleep on Shane, McCl- uh, Shane McClanahan. I think he could be a sleeper for the AL Cy Young Award winner. I have someone else, and I will let you know who that is later on. But he could be one of the best pitchers coming out of this season. But I don't know if he'll be the Cy Young award winner that we think he can be and then at the very bottom it is the boston red sox folks the boston red sox are going to finish in last again listen when it's they've been on the decline and it started last season and it's just like okay you lose xander bogarts um and you have trevor story to injuries so what are you going to do with that now, obviously, you have the japanese outfitter that you did sign in uh masatenka uh, yushinda but we don't know what to expect from him, right? So what are we going to see from this team when it happens? Now, a successful thing, obviously, would be to see them make the postseason because clearly I have them way lower than I think they could be. Another thing is is they do have Rafael Devers back, who is really good, obviously. He finished in the top 10 in MVP voting last season, and he got a nice contract. But here's the thing. You've got to be more willing to find something else out there. They they don't got much out there for you guys. Like the Red Sox, you're in a tough division. You're playing with some tough, tough 
tougher opponents also outside your division. I mean, the Astros, the Mariners, they're getting well. Guardians, Twins. So it's really hard to find wins. And now you play every single team in in the MLB. There's no way around it. You guys now play every single team in the MLB. And so now you got to figure ways around it and find ways to maneuver. And you have to find wins outside there that you shouldn't win. And I just don't know if the Boston Red Sox can do that this season. Once again, I think they finish last. Now we move on to the great AL West, the Western Showdown. Obviously, not changing up the first the first team. The number one team is the Houston Astros. I think they will have the best record in the AL and obviously, they clinch the playoff spot, and they'll have the one seed in the postseason. But here's where I take some risk. I think I think you have to start taking risk because you don't want to be so bland. You know some team's going to show up out of nowhere, and you know some team's going to be like performing better than you thought. And this team, for me, I think everyone's like, oh, I know who he's going to go with. Yeah, you probably do. I'm going with the Los Angeles Angels. I think it's due for the Angels to get to the playoff, the postseason. They have to get to the postseason, man, with Mike Trout and Sh- uh, Shohei Otani. They've got to, right? And the thing is, is I, I, I think if they start falling, like if they do not perform well, you could see Otani being traded. I, I, could, I could totally see this happening if... You are not performing well, and you're the Angels, and you don't think you're going to re-sign Otani, then you trade him. You trade him because then you get to pick where he's going, and not only that, you get some compensation back for doing that. So I think if if they start having a really bad season, and they are in no chance of making the postseason, you could see Otani being traded. And whether that will affect how Trout does anything, it will be interesting to see how the Angels attack this season because of it being on Otani's last last uh, uh, year of his contract. So they've got to figure this out. Like, okay, are we going to make the playoffs? Are we going to keep Otani? Are we going to trade Otani? What are we going to do? So there's a lot more than just making the playoffs for the Angels. And I think it's going to be very fascinating. And I think that's why some teams or some people are going to keep a closer eye on the Angels than they would in other seasons. Now, in third is the Seattle Mariners. I think Seattle is still a very good team. I think it was awesome how they got to the postseason last last year, and they did some special things. And it felt like it was like that kind of Cinderella story you have in March Madness. Everyone was trying to get around them, and it's it'll be interesting to see how they uh, re, rejuvenile and go back at it now. They added Colton Wong, who's going to help their defense. You have Tommy LaStella, who can come off the bench. And they also added Teoscar Hernandez, another person that can anchor the lineup in the cleanup spot, and he plays really good defense. So they really did a great job on the uh, offseason. And I think it's a, a very successful season for them would be make the playoffs and you win a series. You want to end that long playoff drought. And they did it last year. They ended the long playoff drought last season. They need to get somewhere. I think they want to win some series, and I think that's how you do it. I obviously don't see them making the World Series. I don't see them making the ALCS, but maybe getting through and getting to the AL, uh, past the ALDS, you you see that. I don't see them winning the ALCS, and I don't see them winning the World Series, obviously. But if they can win another, if you just keep taking steps as a Mariners fan, you're going to be happy, right? That's all you want to see. You want to see progress being made with your team. Now, moving on to the fourth spot is the Texas Rangers. And listen, the Rangers are going to be, it's going to be fascinating, folks. The Rangers are going to be a fascinating team. They didn't play well last season. We all know that. But it's very interesting to see what they're going to do with what they have. Obviously, they've got Jacob DeGrom, but how healthy will he be? That's the biggest question we have. We don't know how healthy Jacob DeGrom will be, right? Correct. Now, here's the thing. A successful season for them, you sneak into the playoffs. I think another thing for a successful season is if you have a Jacob DeGrom that is fully healthy throughout the whole season, and that's how you do it. I think is that's how you really go about this, is does Jacob DeGrom start every game he's supposed to, stays healthy throughout the season? Because you sign him to a five-year, $185 million uh, contract in the free agency. So I think that's where it stands. Okay, can we get there, can we have a Jacob DeGrom that stays fully healthy, right? That's where I think it's going to see. Also, I think you want to see Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon play better in that in the 
in the middle of the infield and hit better because they could be a really good uh, duo in the middle of the infield. And last season, they did not play well at all. So the Texas Rangers really underperformed last season. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a nice bolster and play way better than they did. And like I said, this whole AL West is up for grabs for anyone to get the second spot because the Houston Astros are obviously going to get the first spot. And then finally, and very last in the AL West, is the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's are not a good team, folks. They are not that good. They will not be a good performing team this season. And you know what else doesn't help is when your organization is not good at all. Your owner is horrible and everything else is bad, right? Yeah, so... That it's gonna be. I mean, what is um what is a successful season? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you get more fans in your involved. Uh, it's just like they have so much that they need to have happen. Uh, to have a successful season, it's so weird. Their their standard is so low. Like a successful season would be for in my in my books for them is you don't finish last in the, all of the AL. That's how that's how low the standard is for this team. You don't finish in dead last in the AL, Oakland, and then maybe, maybe that was a ses- successful season for you. But I don't see it happening. The only team that you could maybe fall below would be the Detroit Tigers, and I just don't see that happening. But we'll see. That's how that's how low your standard is, though. Okay, Oakland, you're just that bad. So here it is again: AL Central, the weakest of all weeks weakest in the divisions it goes one minnesota twins two cleveland guardians three chicago white Sox, four kansas city royals five detroit tigers so that's the list then in the al east you go one new york yankees two toronto blue jays three baltimore Orioles, four Tampa bay rays five boston red Sox, and then to finish it all off the al west the houston astros have the best record in the al and they get the first spot two goes to los angeles angels three seattle mariners four texas rangers and five oak Lynn A's, folks. That is the AL. And when we come back from this break, we will talk about the NL. You're listening to Just Talking Sports with JT Noah right here on UCM The Beat. People been saying to your friend, get a different face and posting on their Know someone who's being bullied online? Send the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more about the witness emoji at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey y'all, I'm Blake Shelton. I love that country music connects people all over this great nation, but unfortunately so does something else, childhood hunger. 15 million children struggle with hunger in America. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks works to rescue our surplus food to help provide billions of meals to families in need across the country. Join the fight against hunger at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Yo, 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 welcome back. Hey, we're back to just talking sports with JT Noah. Hey, let's go. Now we're on to the NL side, all right, folks? We did the AL. Now we're on to the NL. Let's start with the NL Central. And let's let's take a moment here, folks, and realize, man, what a horrible, horrible down year it was for the Milwaukee Brewers last season. And everything just didn't go right. And then at the end of the season, the Cardinals were on fire. The St. Louis Cardinals were. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, St. Louis fans, it's not that I don't like you. I actually do. I've been I've I've been really thinking about this and I think it's I think it's time to give it back to Milwaukee, all right? So in the NL Central, the number one spot will go to the Milwaukee Brewers, folks. The Milwaukee Brewers will be the best team in the NL Central, okay? That's how it is, okay? I'm sorry, St. Louis fans. I know you're gonna come at me. Just listen to reasons why. Think about this. They really just had a bad season last season. They had some injuries, but they're gonna have Garrett Mitchell, who I think is a very good prospect playing with them most of the season, 
Bryce Turang, who also will be taking over second base thanks to uh, the departure of that uh, of out there of Colton Wong. So I think that's going to be helpful. And then I just think I think they're just going to beat out the Cardinals for the NL Central title. I don't know. I think uh, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff are going to throw lights out. That's going to be a one-two punch. And I, I just I think Milwaukee's going to take it back. And here's the thing: Burns is gonna is so good. He has that nice sinker, fastball matchup. It's gonna be more about what can Woodruff do and can he keep it up. Now, another thing is is this: it's going to be okay. William Contreras joins. Also, he joins the Brewers. You have Roundy uh, Telez and Willie Adamas who can do that. Now, will they all be up there with the home runs? It's just it's, it's gonna be very interesting. And I think the Brewers can really take over the NS Central. Now, obviously, in second place is the St. Louis Cardinals. I think the St. Louis Cardinals are still a good team, folks. I still think they're a good team. It's going to be the Brewers and Cardinals fighting for the number one spot in the NL Central all season long. And it's going to be really determining to see if uh, one or two teams are going to get into the postseason due to the NL Central, right? We'll see. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how it goes right here. You have Wilson Contreras now behind the plate. So that'll it'll be interesting to go from Yadier Molina to Wilson Contreras. Obviously, Albert Pujols is gone. Yadier Molina is gone. It'll be a very different kind of team and feeling, I think, for the St. Louis Cardinals. But I still think they have that, um, like, you still have that, like, embranded border of, like, hey, this is our team. This is how we want to do it, right? And so I think that's where it's going to stand. Like, okay, we still are the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's do it. You still have Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, right? So, like, there's those things. And I I think if you are a St. Louis Cardinals fan, your, like, mind is uh, successful, a successful season is if we get to the World Series. And I think a successful season in my books would be if you got to the... NLD, uh, NLCS. You're playing in the NLCS for a chance to go to the World Series. I think that's a successful season. And I don't know. I, I just think that's how it is. Because you think about this, you didn't even get, you You had some tough times, right? You've had some tough times. And last season, you could have had what could have happened, but the Padres took it away. And so I think it's now time for you guys to make it to the NLCS and perform at a high level. Jordan Walker is going to be playing well. Uh, Kylie McDaniels, those guys are going to be called up. Obviously, Jordan Walker has made, they announced that he made the opening day roster. So that is going to be amazing. So you're going to have some big rookies out there. And also, um, let's be real here. Lars Newtbar, uh playing for Japan, has got a lot of people going on him. And I think he's going to be ha- uh, awesome. Uh, we'll see what he can do. I think he'll make the All-Star team. I think he's going to have a really good season. And I bet he hit about 25 home runs this season, guys. I think he's going to hit 25 home runs. He's He can hit some nukes. Nuke bar, nukes. I mean, say that four times, right? All right. Now going to the three spot here is going to be the Cincinnati Reds. I think the Cincinnati Reds are going to be better than uh, the Chicago Cubs. And it's just like this. I think their pitching is way, 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 way better than what people are giving them credit for. I just... I don't understand why people are so hard on the Cincinnati Reds and their pitching staff. I just, I, I get it. It's it's not it's not the same. But I mean, Hunter, uh, when you have that stuff, it's Hunter Green, Nick uh, Lodoto, and Graham uh, Graham Ashcraft. I think those guys can take real good steps and be really good. And obviously, you have the Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India, future Hall uh, Hall of Famer Joey Votto, still there. So I think this team can really take strides, and it's going to be interesting to see and. I think a successful season for you guys is if you don't lose, um, if you guys if you guys don't lose more than, uh, say, eighty three games, I think that's a really successful season for you guys. So, I think that's where it is going, and I think I think Hunter Green is a phenomenal player. He can pitch well, and don't uh, and it's just going to be interesting to see. I don't think they make the playoffs. I will say that. I really, and I mean, another person that I'm not even remembering is Ellie de la Cruz. I love Ellie de la Cruz. I think he's a phenomenal player. He can hit and he can run at shortstop. And so I think he's going to get caught up and he can make a run for the NL Rookie of the Year. But I'm telling you, I think that rotation pitching for the Reds with Hunter Green, Nicola Dolo, and Graham Ashcraft are going to be phenomenal. And that's why I have them at number three. At number four is the Pittsburgh Pirates. And you're thinking, whoa. Well, where's the Chicago Cubs? Well, that means they're at very last, folks. 
I have the Pittsburgh Pirates at four. I love O'Neill Cruz. Maybe it's because I'm an O'Neill Cruz bandwagoner, but I love O'Neill Cruz. But also, you think about this. They bring. I know Andrew McCutcheon's on his back half, and so is Carlos Santana. But you bring back Andrew McCutcheon. You have Carlos Santana, G-Man Choi. Those guys can play. It's not like they're incredibly old, old, but they are getting up in their age, especially Andrew McCutcheon and Carlos Santana. But still, they can play. You obviously have O'Neill Cruz. You have uh, Roundsy Contreras, and I mean... He made 32 starts and finished with an ERA under 3. Point, uh, under uh, 3.50. So it, it's it's just like it's it's like that, folks. That's where you think it's going to be. You have Henry Davis, who is also a top 10 prospect. Uh, Tamar Johnson, another top 10 pro, pro, uh, uh, prospect. Also, you signed a long-term extension to Brian Reynolds, who's played well. I think they're taking the right steps to keep moving, and I think Reynolds and O'Neal Cruz are going to be the one-two punch for the Pirates, and that's why I have them sitting at the four spot in the NL Central. Moving on to the uh, the fifth spot, which is the Chicago Cubs, and it's just like this. I think Chicago is getting a little too old. I don't think I like what I'm seeing from them. They really haven't had that much success in the farm system, and that's why I I pick those two teams, the Reds and the Pirates, better than the Cubs, and the Cubs just really had a bad year last year, and I think it's showing that it's going to be like that. You have, you have some guys like here that continue that need to continue to grow, like Justin Steele, uh, Christoph Morel, Hayden uh, Winskin, and then you also have Javier Assad. Um, but then you also have Eric Hosmer. So Eric Hosmer, eh, he's 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 off also in the back half of his career as well. But those younger guys like Justin Steele, uh, Christoph Morel, uh, Javier Assad, those guys have to be strong. You also have Pete Crow Armstrong, who you got in the trade. Uh, Kel, uh, Kevin Altacara, uh, oh my, Alcantara, thank you, JT, and then uh, Brennan Davis. I mean, those guys are also young, so you have a young team here, and I think if you're a Cubs fan, you've got to be realistic here. It's going to take some time for your team to get back up there. You had some great runs, and so now it's time, just like what the Royals had to do, go back into their farm system and start growing it back up. So that's DNL Central. Moving on to the NL East, obviously, this is going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal one. Uh, it was one last year where you had the Braves and Mets going at each other. I have the Braves at number one. I think the Braves are still one of the hottest teams out there. And who can't love it when you have a great mascot at, like the Atlanta Braves? I love the Atlanta Braves. Acuna, even though they lose Dansby Swanson, Dans, Dansby Swanson, that is that is going to be stinking. But they also signed Sean Murphy to a long, uh, long-term catcher contract after getting him in a trade and you also have those young infielders like Von Gr- uh, Grisham you also have Brandon uh, Shoemake uh, and then it's also the uh, Orlando Arcia so I think they're going to win the NL East and they're going to have a really good shot at making it to the World Series there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to want to stop them obviously but you also have Michael Harris the second who also was really, really good last year. I mean, come on, man. He could, uh, you could think of him maybe having some great stuff out there, but Ronald Acuna Jr. playing for a full season, and then you also have some players like Sean Murphy. Even though you lose Damsey Swanson going to the Cubs, huge, huge addition for the Cubs. I still like the uh, Braves a lot. And then in the second spot, who might be surprising to some of you, and it might not, I actually have the Philadelphia Phillies over the New York Mets. And even though even though it scares me to do this because Reese Hoskins obviously just was lost for the season and Bryce Harper won't be back till the middle of the season, I think they can battle it through and still be fine. JT Romuto, obviously, as long as he doesn't let the ball drop out of the umpire's hand, he will be playing all the games. Yeah, I just did that. If you don't know what happened, JT Romuto had never been ejected from a game in his major league career yesterday. There was a miscommunication between him and the home plate umpire, and he reached back to get a ball from the home plate umpire, and he thought the home plate umpire was going to throw the ball to the pitcher, so he moved his glove, the ball went to the ground, and the umpire got really butthurt and ejected him. I don't know if the umpire had a parlay on him last year, and he didn't come through, and so he lost a lot of money or something, but yeah, the umpire was not happy with him, and so he ejected him for the first time in his career. That's how JT Romuto got ejected. So that will be funny. But the Phillies also got Trey Turner. I mean, they signed him to an 11-year, $300 million contract this offseason. So as long as they are right in the contention with the Braves, when Bryce Harper comes back, I have full faith 
and the Phillies to do what they can and maybe, especially especially if they're right there with the Mets, then they'll be fine. You don't have to be with the Braves. You have to be with the Mets because I think the Phillies will be ahead of the Mets once the season ends. And that leaves the Mets at the third spot. Yes, the Mets will be in the third spot. Think about it. You lose Edwin Diaz. You lose Jacob DeGrom. Edwin Diaz is gone because of injury. But uh, Jacob DeGrom, you let him go, and he went to the none other than the Texas Rangers. Obviously, you still have Max Max Scherzer. You've got Justin Verlander as well. But Edwin Diaz is going to be a loss. You don't get the trumpets anymore. That stinks. Um, but now you have you have to rely on David Robertson, Adam Ottavino, Brooks Rayleigh. And, I mean, it's just going to be, this is going to be Buck Walter. This is when you're going to see, hey, this is him. This is our reason. He was the manager of the year last year. Now we're going to see what happens. And it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the bullpen. Because the bullpen was very, very, very sketchy with uh, Diaz in there last year. And now you don't have Diaz. So now you have to rely on them. Now in the fourth spot is the Miami Marlins. But the Miami, I mean, four and five Miami Marlins and Washington Nationals are going to be bad, folks. These two teams are going to be bad. And I'm, I'm sorry for both of you fan bases out there. But the reason is, is it's just not good. Not good. They're young. It's going to be tough, long, sledded games. But the Miami Marlins, I think, are going to be very... I think they're going to be way better than the Nationals, but it's going to be so bad that they're so far behind the Mets, Phillies, and Braves. No one's going to notice it. Obviously, you have San, uh, Sandy Alt- Alcantara. I love that man. So good. Had a 2.28 ERA and won the NL Cy Young Award unanimously last year, folks. That's great. You have... Gene Segura on the team, uh, Luis Ariza. Um, you still have Pablo Lopez, I think is great. Oh, excuse me, actually, they don't. They forgot, they dealt at him, my bad. So they don't have Pablo Lopez, which I really loved, and he's gone now. It'll be interesting to see how they do, but let's just be real, folks. They're not going to be a good team. I can't wait to see Edwin, Edward uh, Cabrera play for them up at the up at the majors. I think he's got a great prospect. And then, like I said, the fifth spot, Washington Nationals. The only thing the Washington Nationals have are those really cool city connect jerseys I like the most. Um, but they, they have a lot of young players they can use. They got C.J. Abrams. They have uh, Kiebert Ruiz, uh, Mackenzie Gore. They got in that trade for Juan Soto, obviously, when they gave up Juan Soto. You have Joshua Gray. Um, so these these are young players that you're going to see playing, but they're still going to be in fifth, and I think they're going to be the they'll probably be the worst. Uh, they'll be the set. They'll be the worst team in the NL, folks. That's how bad they will be. They will be the worst in the NL Central, you know, in all of baseball. And then into the NL West, folks. This is where it gets interesting because there's there the the NL West is tough. Like all of the NL to me is so much more harder than. In the AL, the NL is so much better than the AL, and it's it's crazy. But at number one, I do have the San Diego Padres. I think the Padres are poised to take over the Dodgers finally, and it's it's their time to shine. They made some big deals last season to get some big time players, and I think it's their time to shine. I mean, when you have Fernando Tatis Jr. returning, you you also get in uh, Xander Bogarts. You have Juan Soto, obviously Manny Machado still. I mean, Blake Snell is still on your team. You have to have Blake Snell perform at a high level this is where you have to be you have to this is your time to succeed you have to do it okay when you have all these players back and you have to do it this is your time and i'm telling you right now uh, if you want a successful season you make it to the world series that's how i think that's how they're keeping it and i think that's where you need to keep it if you want to have a successful season you have to make it to the world series especially with all these big-time names on your team, you have to get to the World Series. And we'll see if they can. But I like their chances a lot. I think they will have the best record in the NL, and the San Diego Padres will be number one in the NL West. Now, number two, obviously, will be the Dodgers, okay? The Dodgers will be number two. You lose Cody Bellinger, but Cody Bellinger hadn't done much. The bigger one is Trey Turner. You lose Trey Turner. He's obviously gone. It's going to be tough. He's with the Phillies. You lose Justin Turner, who was an icon. He was a guy that the franchise loved. He left. He's with the Red Sox. But you still have a lot of players. Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Will Smith, J.D. Martinez. And then you have the rotation. Julio Rios, Clayton Kershaw, Dustin Mace coming back. Remember, he was injured last season. Uh, Tony Gosselin, um, even though he will not be ready for opening day. And then Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard had a really, really under-the-radar 
year last year with the Angels. I think he's going to be very good. And dot and not to mention, they still have some prospects, Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone, in the farm system. So I think they're going to be good. And I mean, as much as I said, hey, the successful season for the Padres would be to get to the World Series, a, su- a successful season for the Dodgers would also be to get to the World Series. That's how that's how you, you, you look at it. You have to get back to the World Series with these names. San Diego Padres and the Los Angeles Dodgers. One of you can't make the World Series, but you both have to be. You both have to be unless you're playing each other. I mean, ex- except you, you're not under... i got to make this better. For your fan bases to be happy, you have to make it to the World Series. Or you have to at least, at least, bare minimum, make it to the NLCS. But you, most of your fan bases are expecting you to get to the World Series. And I think both of you should get to the World Series. And whichever one of you don't, I think, will be ruled as a failed season. Now, I think more pressure is on the Padres than the Dodgers this year. And that's why I'm leaning more heavily on the Padres to make it to the World Series. Now, my number three spot could surprise some people, but I don't know. I like the Arizona Diamondbacks at number three. I don't think the San Francisco Giants will be at number three. I think they keep falling. I like the Arizona Diamondbacks a lot. I think they're doing some great things, and that's why I like them. You have Gabriel Monroe. They traded for the 23-year-old Alec Thomas, who is a center fielder. Corbin Carroll also was really good. He was leading the NL Rookie of the Year sometimes last time. And I think a successful season is honestly is... You just, I mean, you think about this. Just two years ago, they lost 110 games. So I think they just keep working at it. And I think if they just keep making improvements year by year, I think they're just doing their thing. Zach Gallen, who's really been good, one, um, I think he could do some things. And I think he could honestly be a chance for an NLSI Young Award winner. We'll see what happens. But also, uh, Kylie McDaniel, uh, number two prospect, he could be making some moves. I, I, I just really like the Arizona Diamondbacks just to keep going uphill with their stuff. And that's why I have them at number three. And number four uh, is the San Francisco Giants. I don't think they fall that far, but it's just going to be weird. Um, I mean, Michael Conforno, uh, Sean Manea, Ross Stripling, they are in. They are in this team. But you also lose Carlos Rodon and Evan Longoria. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And it's just going to be, it'll be weird. I mean, uh, Mitch Haniger is also on the team, but he already is injured. Uh, Logan Webb, he needs to perform better, and I just don't see this happening. I feel like as much as we want to say, oh, wow, they, they went younger, I still think they have injury problems. That's why I don't like them that much this season, and I think they finished fourth. It's the injuries. I don't. I, you have to stay healthy, and some of these players you're known to see and being injured, and that's why I picked them to be fourth. And then fifth is none other than the Colorado Rockies. I... I almost thought of Colorado being being up there above the San Francisco Giants, and I just couldn't do it. I need to see more from them. Listen, uh, Brendan Rodgers is going to be great. I think he's going to be fun. A nice prospect they're having. Uh, Esquiel Tovar is ready. I think he's a two-way prospect that's going to be great, and I think he's ready to take over when his na- uh, number is called, his name's called. You know what I mean, right? And I just think a successful season for the Rockies, right, is not finishing in last. And I think they shouldn't finish. I think the Rockies may not even finish in the bottom. They If they finish in the bottom uh, three, then they had an unsuccessful season. I think they should be better than the Chicago Cubs, Pittsburgh Pirates, Washington Nationals, and maybe even the Miami Marlins. If they don't finish, if they finish in the bottom three, that's a problem. If they finish above that, they had a successful season. It's 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 a low standard for the Colorado Rockies fan, folks. Remember, they're not good either. They're a bad organization as well, like the Oakland A's. So they have to find ways to make small small adjustments. So I think I think that's what we have to do. I think you have to make small adjustments. They have to play within themselves and play a very good game. And I just I think I think they can do that and be doable with it. And that's why. I like them not to be in the bottom three of the NL. And so that's, but I do think they will be in the bottom part of the NL West. So let's go back over the NL. You have an NL Central, number one, Milwaukee Brewers. Number two is the St. Louis Cardinals. Three, Cincinnati Reds. Four, Pittsburgh Pirates. Five, Chicago Cubs. In the NL East, one will be the Atlanta Braves. Two will be the Philadelphia Phillies. Three will be the New York Mets. Four will be the Miami Marlins. Five will be the Washington Nationals. And then in the NL West, you'll have one San Diego Padres. 
two Los Angeles Dodgers, three Arizona Diamondbacks, four San Francisco Giants, and five the Colorado Rockies. Now for the playoffs, folks, it's going to go like this. Obviously, the division winners get in, so the Twins, and uh, for the AL, the Twins get in, the Yankees get in, and the Astros get in. And then there's three wild card spots. I'm going with the Cleveland Guardians from the AL Central, the Toronto Blue Jays from the AL East, and then my last one for for the first time for Shohei Otani, he gets to the postseason, and the Los Angeles Angels are the sixth and final spot to get into the playoffs. And then on the NL side, obviously the Milwaukee Brewers get in, the Atlanta Braves get in, the San Diego Padres get in. But other than that, you get the Los Angeles Dodgers, of course, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the St. Louis Cardinals, folks. Those three get in via the wild card spot. Now, who wins and who gets to the World Series? Well, let's first give out my awards. The MVP in the AL will be no surprise. Shohei Otani for the Angels will win MVP once again. And then on the NL side, I had I was torn, folks. I will tell you, I was torn. There was two names I was going through, Juan Soto and Ronald Acuña. And guess who I've landed on? I landed on Ronald Acuña. Ronald Acuña will be your NL MVP from the Atlanta Braves. Your AL MVP will be Shohei Otani from the Los Angeles Angels. Moving on to Cy Young Award winner. On the AL side, it'll be Jacob DeGrom for the Texas Rangers. And on the NL side, give me none other than Sandy Alcantara for the Miami Marlins. Even though the Miami Marlins will be bad, don't get me wrong. Don't don't let that fool you, folks. The Miami Marlins will be bad, but Sandy Alcantara will win the Cy Young. Then Managers of the Year. Alrighty. Obviously, if the Angels make the postseason, you've got to give it to Phil Phil Nel Phil Nevin, folks. Phil Nevin Nevin will be the manager of the year if the Angels get to the postseason. And I think they will. So that's why he gets it. And then my my shot in the dark manager of the year for the NL is Tori Lavula. For the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I know. I know. The Diamondbacks finished third in the NOS. But think about this. He's making steps. He makes his team look good. And just because they finished third doesn't mean they had a bad season. It's just that the Padres and Dodgers are on a different planet, folks. I think the Diamondbacks have a really good season. And I think Tori Lavula gets manager of the year. All right. Now we get to the World Series. But first... I want to know who you think gets to the World Series. And I'll give you five seconds to make your prediction for both the AL and the NL. You have five seconds. Alrighty, folks, that was five seconds. I hope you got your pick in. My prediction is none other than the San Diego Padres versus a wild card team. The Toronto Blue Jays. What? You say Toronto JT? I did. I did. I said Toronto, folks. Listen. The San Diego Padres have never won a World Series, and their last pennant they won for the Padres was in 1998. That was a while ago, folks. I wasn't even born or thought of, okay? I wasn't even thought of in 1998. And you San Diego Padres haven't been to the World Series since then. Do better. Toronto, you haven't won one since 1993, and that was the last time you won the pennant was in 1993. You folks both haven't made it back to the World Series since 1993. Can we please get you to the World Series? It's more of like, man, I feel bad for you both, honestly. I feel really bad for both of you. But I think it would be cool. San Diego, I think, has way better chance than, obviously, Toronto. But Toronto has a shot in the dark. Listen, when you have young guys like you do, I think Toronto has a shot. And I really like Toronto. And I want Toronto to get there, so I picked Toronto. I went with I went with my heart and not my head, okay? Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Like, when we get back, folks, we're going to be talking about the Final Four. Because the Final Four... Literally starts this week, and who could have who could have predicted who could have predicted who is in the final four right now? I know you didn't, but we'll talk about it when we get back right here on Just Talking Sports. You're listening to it on UCM The Beat. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. 
Did you know that the University of Central Missouri has been leading innovation for nearly 150 years? With more accreditations and more qualified faculty members, our commitment to academic success is unparalleled, and we make sure every student receives the support they need to graduate on time and with less debt. So whatever opportunity you're looking for, make your impact sooner at UCM, with campuses located in Warrensburg, Lee Summit, and online. Find out more about UCM and the power of opportunity in action at ucmo.edu. And welcome back to Just Talking Sports. I'm your host still, JT Noah. And boy, oh boy, the Final Four is here. And it's so intriguing to me who is left standing in the Final Four. Because you have FAU, Florida Atlantic University, folks. The Owls. The Owls. You also have none other than the San Diego State Aztecs. You have the Miami Hurricanes and the UConn University of Connecticut Huskies. Now, I, I'm not even going to ask this question because I I know the answer. You never you didn't see at least two out of these four teams in the final four. I only saw one of them coming. I definitely didn't see the two that are playing in the first game happening. And lo and behold, we got it. Okay, listen, I'm I'm so excited for this, and people people can hate on it all they want, but I think it's so good for the sport. And for fans like this, because we like to see different. We like to see un- uncharacteristic things happen and things that we don't normally see in a given sport. And that's what happens when you have the March Madness. And that's what happens when you have the NCAA tournament. When you have all these teams playing each other, there's destined to be crazy things that happen. And guess what? It has happened. And for people to be like, oh, I, why is Duke not there? Why is Kansas not there? Or or Indiana or all these teams are Marquette, Texas. Like, what? why can't they be there you're boring, okay? You're boring. You're the person that goes to watch a documentary at the movie theater that's in black and white, okay? I'm here for new stuff. I'm here for innovations. I'm here to see other teams thrive. And I think we're going to have to get really, really used to it, especially with the NIL and with transfers. And the bigger thing is, is the bigger thing for these mid-major schools like FAU and San Diego State is, hey, can we keep these guys after this season or will they enter the transfer portal to try to go bigger? And it'll be interesting to see once the season's over for both those teams what will happen because I think truly this is remarkable what they're doing. FAU as a nine seed and San Diego State as a five. Now, obviously, both of them had different ways to getting there to the Final Four, but still, it's, it's so fascinating to me why people are so upset about what has happened and why these four are left. I think it's I think it's awesome. Like, yeah, sure, I would have been okay with Kansas State beating FAU, but be, FAU getting in is awesome. Sure, I would have been I was rooting for Crane, but okay, San Diego State won. Heck yeah, let's go. I mean, the other one, Miami, I was definitely I was rooting for Miami, I'll be honest. I, I'm like Texas is cool and all and I'm I'm so happy for the interim uh, Rodney getting the head coaching job that he should deserve, and he got. So I'm happy for that. But, I mean, I wanted to see Miami get in. I thought Miami last year getting to the Elite for the first time. Now they make it to the Final Four for the first time. It's great. And then there's UConn. And there's UConn. And UConn, obviously, is the, if quote-unquote, the blue blood of these four teams because UConn has really, really, if they win this one, if they can win a national championship this year, it'll be their fifth national championship since 1999, and no one has more than three. So, and all in all, like, we can talk about this. They are going for their fifth national championship while the other three are trying to get their first. So, I'm, I'm, I am so for what's happening here. I was so happy, and I was, I'm so for the upsets. Like, we make brackets, right? You make brackets, we all make brackets, correct? Yeah, I mean, we all do because we have that fun. But when you have an upset brewing, brewing like say FDU over Prince or over Purdue, you're rooting for FDU no matter even if you didn't have FDU because you like the excitement. Uh, for example, this one, Princeton over Arizona. Yeah, I was rooting for Arizona because I had it in my bracket, but I'm all for Princeton winning, not only because it's an upset, but at the time I'm like, yo, Princeton's going to play Mizzou, and then obviously Mizzou lost, so to Princeton, and we're, we're so cool with that, and so we ride with those underdogs, and so everyone was upset that FAU beat FDU, but FDU gave us a run, gave FDU gave a run for their money to FAU, FAU pulled away and won, and that's the thing, I mean, think about this, FAU 
is literally seven seconds and a jump ball away from losing to Memphis. Remember, they go on the ground, they get the jump ball with seven seconds, they get the they get the ball back, and then they run that layup shot to get the layup to go, and they hold Memphis to no shot with three seconds. That's how close they were to losing in the first round, folks. That's how close they were to losing in the first round. Oh, well, what about Miami, you ask? Yeah, Miami, they were down by eight with five minutes to go against Drake, and they pulled that off. So, it is, it is, it is phenomenally fascinating. I love this because we're guaranteed a mid-major school to get into the national championship because San Diego State or FAU are getting into the national championship this year, and I'm I'm, I'm all for it. I I'm not I'm not that kind of person that's like, man, really, we're not getting Duke versus North Carolina like last year, dude. That was insane. What we got, we got Duke versus North Carolina, and then on the other side you had Kansas, and it's it's just like it's it's crazy how it works. Like that's how fascinating it is. Kansas obviously gets on and moves, and then you also have North Carolina beating Duke, and I think last year was a really really awesome thing because you had Coach K's last game against North Carolina. He loses. North Carolina wins. Goes to play at Kansas. Kansas comes back from a 17-point deficit to beat North Carolina in the national championship. And now this year you get the total difference. You get FAU versus San Diego State. Miami versus UConn. And I, I, I tried to warn you all. I kind of told you that bracket for UConn was in their favor. Because Kentucky, not Kentucky, Kansas was a week one seed, and you had the two seed, and it was just like, can they really do this? Yeah, they can, and that that's the thing. You had the two seed UCLA, but you also had Gonzaga, and Gonzaga got past UCLA, and then UConn destroyed Gonzaga. The thing is, is this is the problem, and I'll get into UConn in a little bit more because I've got to go over the games. But UConn really got a favorable matchup, even if they were underseeded as a four seed. So I think they would definitely have taken the four seed with that bracket than, say, a two seed and being in the side with Alabama side, where they were in the South. So I think as much as they were underseeded as a four, they will take what region they got. Now let's start with the first game. The first game on Saturday is the nine seed FAU versus the five seed San Diego State. Obviously, one mid, mid-major school is getting to the national championship. Both of them are looking for their first national championship. It's both their first time in the Final Four, so congrats to them. Now, what's how's this? How's their styles, folks? You're wondering that, right? FAU will shoot and play aggressive. They move so fast. They want to make transition points and get going. They will, they will run the court. They will get the ball and move the court. While San Diego State is trying to slow the game down and limit you your shots, and they are one of the best three-point defending teams is San Diego State. And it's going to be interesting to see how FAU does because FAU loves to shoot the three. A big person, I think, well, he is literally a big person, but a huge person that is going to have to come through for FAU like he did against K-State is Golden from Russia. He is really, really good. He was he went 14 points, 13 rebounds last game against K-State, and he's he's a huge body, 7-1 from Russia. He plays phenomenal, and I think he is a huge reason they beat K-State. I think he was the best player on the court, honestly, against K-State, and I think that's the reason they won the game. He put his grid out there, and I think I think I think if they win this game, it'll be because of Golden once again. Now, for San Diego State, they're lengthy and defensive heavy. Like I said, they they guard the three-point with excellence, and they know how to use their strength. They can rotate and uh, switch screens no matter what happens. They don't have to go over a screen, under screen. They can always move. So if you get a screen on a defender, not only not necessarily will the guy that's guarding the person with the ball keep on with the ball, he might take the person that's taking the screen, and the guy that was guarding the screener, takes the guy with the ball. They don't have to keep sw- they don't have to stay one on one. They can switch because of how good their length is. Now, Lamont Butler will be an X factor for San Diego State. He had 18 points, came up huge for San Diego State against Crane, and he was perfect behind the arc. And here's the thing. I'm picking a game and I told my friend this Graham on Saturday. I said, "What in the world will the world do if we get a Florida national championship? What if we get FAU versus Miami? What will they do? And at this point, I don't think FAU is a really a Cinderella story because I thought I thought FAU when you 
when you have the most wins in college basketball, how are you a Cinderella sword? They've only lost three games, folks, and they were a nine seed. And I thought they got a really bad matchup against Memphis, and they got past it, and look what they've done. So, I like FAU to win this game, and they're getting to their first national championship, and it's going to be a very fascinating game. And who will they go up against? Well, it'll be the winner of the five-seed Miami versus four-seed four UConn. Miami is looking for their first championship. UConn, like I said, is looking for their fifth since 1999, and nobody has three in that span, including Kansas, Duke, North Carolina. And also, the big thing is, is UConn. UConn has won their four games in the tournament by 50 points, folks. 50. That's an average of 25 points, uh, if you don't know. Oh, I'm... N- I'm not that that's not right math JT JT does not know math so I am so sorry for that folks that is not it's 12 and a half guys I'm sorry (laughs) I said 25 (laughs) what a weirdo anyway I'm saying it like this I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens if it's a close game because UConn hasn't played a close game Miami's going to just keep shooting Miami's going to shoot the ball and shoot the ball and shoot the ball they will shoot threes with Isaiah Wong and they will play their game. And honestly, Miami has gone through a gauntlet. And they've been underdogs in most of their games. Except, actually, they've been an underdog in every game they've played. They were an underdog when they played. They were actually, sorry, they were one and a half point favorite against Drake. But they were one of those teams that were like, we, we were always projecting, hey, they could lose in that 12-5 matchup to Drake. They beat Drake. Then they went on to beat Indiana. Then they beat Houston. And then they beat Texas. They went 12-4-1-2. Think about that. That That's insane. Now, the Hurricanes trailed with eight minutes to go against Drake, and then they trailed by 13 to Texas with 13 minutes to go, and they came back and won both of those games. And now you have a chance to go to the national championship. Play in Houston, and you could play either FAU, who's in Florida, or San Diego State, which I think Miami would favor and want to play FAU. Because FAU, even though their defense is really good, it's nothing like San Diego State. And I think FAU would want to play Miami as well. So I feel the best matchup for Miami is FAU, and the best matchup for FAU is Miami. And for UConn, I think they will take either team, but they don't want San Diego State. San Diego State, I think, will match UConn because San Diego State has that grit, and they know how to. They really know how to use their length. And FAU, they know how to do that, but it's more precise of how will FAU handle the big men. And I, I think if I'm picking, if I'm picking with my heart, okay, I'm gonna say this: if I'm picking with my heart, I'm going FAU versus Miami. The reason I say that is because I called it. I said, "Hey, Graham, I think it'd be funny if we got a Florida national championship, FAU versus Miami." And I thought it was gonna be over with because Texas was gonna beat Miami. Well, it didn't happen. And so now I'm like, oh, I should just stick with my heart. But if I'm picking with my brain and my intelligence, I think it's gonna be FAU versus UConn. UConn winning the national championship. Because like I said at the beginning, when I picked my bracket a couple weeks ago, I said UConn has a really good chance at this. If they get the right if they get the right teams to fall their way, the dominoes fall their way, they have the right way to do it. I picked UConn to get to my final four, nor that I never picked the other three, but they still have the dominoes their way. Miami does not match them size-wise. That's what's really scary about this, and that's why I think UConn wins this game. That's why I'm picking UConn to win this game, even though my heart wants me to pick Miami. So, I'm going FAU versus UConn in the national championship with UConn winning the national championship. That's how it's going to go. And FAU was gonna, is going to have one heck of a story to tell. One heck of a story to tell, folks, to their kids. And then it comes to what happens in the transfer portal for FAU and San Diego State. Can they keep their players? Because that's what's going to happen with mid-major schools. Can we keep our players once something happens like this? You've already seen it happen with FDU. You've seen it with Iona. But those are also because of coaching changes. But, I mean, you're, you're seeing it happen throughout this time. So the transfer portal, like I was telling uh, my girlfriend Haley, the transfer portal is like the free agent market in the NFL, MLB, NBA. You, you go, hey, I want released from this school. You get released, and then you pick what school you want to go to. Now, obviously, they got to show interest in you, and 
it, it's just a whole thing. But the transfer portal, in a sense, is literally like free agent market. That's how I see it. So it's going to be the number nine seed FAU versus the number four seed UConn in the national championship with the number four seed UConn winning it. Remember, this is the first Final Four with not a one, two, or three seed in it. And the four seed is going to win it in UConn. I would love FAU to win it, but we'll see. Alrighty, guys. It's been fun. We had a whole lot. We had MLB started in two days, and then we had the Final Four. I hope you enjoyed. Remember, I'm JT Noah, and this is Just Talking Sports on UCM The Beat. I love you all. You all have a great day, and remember to check me back out next Tuesday at the same time, 5 to 6 on UCM The Beat. All right, guys. I love you. Bye.